1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has taken over the Big Easy for the Sunbelt Conference Media Days. It's time for a special Sunbelt Media Days edition of RP3 and Company, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Now, here's your big, bald, beautiful host, RP3. Welcome. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Again, just like yesterday, there's no easing into this, folks. We're going to hit the ground running. We're at Sunbelt Conference Media Day in New Orleans at the Sheridan. We have with us one of the dynamic personalities and athletes of the Cajun football team the last few years, running back kick returner extraordinaire chris smith how are you sir oh, i'm doing great man it's a great day to be here great opportunity Let's uh, talk to me and get things going well um what did it mean when uh coach des said okay you and andre are going to be the ones that are that have come i mean last year when you as you see other players do that is it something you wanted to do or you think oh that might be kind of cool or did you want them to pick you I always thought it was, it was kind of cool to get up here and represent the team represent the, where you're from not just not just Lafayette but your hometown the name on back of your jersey just to go out there and represent all that so it's, really, it's a great opportunity I'm excited to be here so pretty good all right so you've been on with this program you've kind of seen it from the beginning right on all the success the last few years what what is kind of motivating you this year as a leader of this football team i mean i don't know that there's another step but there's another step i mean what, what's kind of motivating you right now uh, the biggest step is going to be now is who's going to take that leadership role that uh levi lewis had and i think this could be a big opportunity for me to step up and help lead this team it's not it's not usual for a running back to lead the team when a quarterback touches the ball every play but it's going to be a great opportunity for me to step up and show you this guy that I can do it. All right. So as a veteran, and I'm sure everyone respects on the team, you, we've got a quarterback, contra- not controversy, but a decision to yeah. make uh, that we haven't had to make it three or four years yeah. around here. You know, even that first year, Levi was like coming in every third or fourth yeah. possession. It was set. I mean, there was no controversy. Right. It just that's the way it was. So this year, y'all are coming out of spring, going in, and you've got two quarterbacks who – if you listen to the coaches, it's like a – we don't know. It's a 50-50 deal. They both can do it. Their skill sets are about the same. So how do you handle that situation as a leader of the team as y'all go through August drills? For me, I work out with Ben and Chandler every morning. So watching those guys compete in the weight room, getting extra work with them. You got to throw, run routes. So just watching them build more chemistry with their players around them, their receivers, the running backs, O-line. It, it's, it's a great show to watch, like. It's, it's never a bad thing when you got two guys that can compete for the stock job. So if any one of them goes down, guess what? The next man's going to be up. But really just watching them compete, it's not like a a bad competition. It's, it's a great competition, and it's, it's a great brotherly love that's going to make both of them better. So, so is it um, for you during the spring, like if one of them has a good day or one of them has a bad day, are you is that part of what you're talking about being a leader? Picking them up, talking to them, or, or, or do they do that amongst themselves? Well, that's when I come in and stuff like it's next next play mentality. You can't let that last play get to you. If say Challenge throws an interception and then practice or something, so it's the next play we got to hold another rack. You got to step up and show coach that you can't let it affect you because 
all that practice is going to come to in the game. So if he's down in the practice and he can't recuperate, get himself back going, he ain't going to be able to do it in the game. So practice is going to make him even better. All right, we're speaking with Chris Smith, running back, kick returner for the Cajuns. And uh, at the end of last season, you were banged up. You didn't play in the bowl game. How difficult was that? The size and sit out that bowl game is probably one of the hardest decisions because I was I was hurt coming out of Texas State week. But that last last touchdown I scored, I knew I was banged up. I was I wasn't feeling good. Went to the next week of practice. It, it still wasn't feeling good. Like I, I gotta push through. And I pushed through the last couple of games that I could, but when it got down for the championship in the bowl game, I wasn't 100%. I wasn't near 70%, but I was giving it as all I could because I knew that team was depending on me to give it all I had. They saw me down, saw me quit. But they, they, they weren't going to have any faith in me after that. So was there a point during the spring where you felt like you were back to before the injury, and how are you right now? Oh, it, it was great. But just sitting there, that recovery process, that rehab, it, it brought me a long way, and I'm really thankful for our trainers they would have. They, they showed me a lot that I was capable of doing, capable of being stronger. I've gained a lot of uh, muscle weight this offseason. I've, I've gotten faster, gotten stronger, so it's going to be a sight to see. I know I was feeling good when spring game was, they called an interception or something. I went and ran down the field feeling full speed, but it's going to be great. I'm glad to be back. All right, so, you know, this has been a running back by committee on purpose and with a lot of wisdom, I think, you know, Back when I was young, you kind of ran one running back, and you ran him, and you ran him, and you ran him, and that's not kind of how it's done, and I think it's wiser this way. So, but uh, Amani's not here anymore. Kendrell got hurt. Um, Montreal's not here anymore. And so you are by far the most seasoned running back. So are you ready if you have to take more carries than, like, maybe even Elijah or Trey got a few years ago because of the split? I feel like I'll be capable of doing it. Kind of Arkansas State week, Imani Bailey went down, and there was there was extra load for me and Montreal. We we both handled it very well. But now it's, it's a, there's some guys that are going to step up. So I'm not going to take 30, 40 carries a game, but they're going to give me the touches I need, the touches that the team needs to go go out and win the game. So when it comes time to step up, there's plenty of guys behind me that I have a lot of faith in that can do the job. So did you do – Work out a little differently in this offseason to prepare for that maybe bigger physical burden this season. Yes, I did. So this year we had a new hire in the strength conditioning staff. So it, it's been great. I feel like the whole team as a whole has become better athletes, not just bodybuilders. So we've got our movements better, got hips better. We're throwing weight. I, I, I've never seen a lot of guys line up and do three, 305 pounds, 315 335, 325, and uh, clean, power clean. Last week, they were throwing weight, moving weight like crazy. So a lot of guys have gotten stronger, and his team as a whole has gotten stronger and faster. All right, again, we're speaking with Chris Smith, running back, kick returner for the Cajuns. Are you going to – or is your kick return duties going to be the same, or because you're a running back, could that change a little bit? It's gonna, I feel like it's going to be the same. You know how the season goes, how, how far – how far deep in the season they need me to play more running back role. I think they'll listen up on me on the special teams. But, like I said, to make the NFL, you got to play special teams. So I'm ready to do it. All right. So i got to ask you, Andre's sitting right here, and we're going to be talking to him next. Did y'all have, like, a suit competition for this event, like a shoes competition? Like, t- t- tell us 
to, how, how did that go? Like, I'm sure that there's a little competition here. It started yesterday. He wanted me to wear the uh, Raging Cajun polo shirt out to dinner. I'm like, man, yeah. I'm not wearing that. I want to dress up as myself just for once. We wear Raging Cajun every week. So I think it really starts on, uh, like, Fridays and Saturdays we do uh, everybody wears suits. So you want to see, like, the first couple of weeks, we'll see who got the best shoes on, who got the yeah. nicest suit. So we just a really fun, friendly competition against us and amongst the team. So, like, but who's the judge, Coach Dez or Josh, or who's the judge uh, here? We just let the media decide. <laughs> <laughs> She's the judge? We just let oh, okay. the media decide. <laughs> All right. So the other uh, big question that you're going to probably play a role of a- as a leader uh, is the offensive line obviously lost some really good ones? You know, Max, you know, Osiris went to Florida and Max went to the NFL, and that's been the key for this program to even long before you got here when Coach Hell was here and they were going to bowl games. The offensive line was the key of that. So, what about this offensive line and all the changing going on right now? It, it always starts in between the tackles, in, in the trenches. We got some guys that are going to step up. I know Nathaniel Thompson. Dude is a freak. Like you would think he plays tight end. He's gonna be a monster for us this year. We still got AJ AJ Gilly coming back. We got Carlos Rubio, uh Jax Hanson. He didn't play much, but guy's gonna be a dog too. And D Huddy, we call him D Huddy. Yeah. So he we, came back. Yeah. We have some guys that are capable of, of stepping up in those roles big time because when they got the chance last year, they did it and guess what? We were still successful. All right, something that I thought my there's something that concerns me as someone who's seen all y'all games and covers y'all every game the last few years, won a ton of games. A lot of them were close. Seems like there's a tendency sometimes to play to your competition. Like y'all played out, great team, played great in both games last year. Y'all went to Liberty. This guy, this defense, they were just like, I don't know what they ate for breakfast that day, but they were just all over the place. That was unbelievable. Then you had other games like Arkansas State where you had to have this historic 10-minute drive to win. And How do you, as a leader of the team, and just kind of you, you seem someone that analyzes things, why does that happen, and how do you keep that from happening in the future? Really say it's like we get comfortable. Like we know we're going to play some team in some belt with. If their record's not looking too good, it's like – we always tend to scoop down to their level. But this year, Coach Dez is really pushing us to not do that. So we run, really uh, run the ball we need to, throw the ball we need to, not just like want to be one-dimensional offense. Like if, if the passing game's working, just keep it going. If the running game's working, keep it going. But if need of the work, we got to have an answer. We're always going to come back to the run, but at the end of the day, we got to get those receivers some touches because they can make big plays also. So you mentioned Coach Dez. Um well, he's here now, so he's not listening. Uh, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. He, he, he's not listening. So has anything been different in this off season? I mean, you've been here for, what, four years now, so you know how it how to kind of routine work. Is anything different with I feel Coach like More players are comfortable around Coach Dez. Coach, uh, Coach Napier was, was a great guy. But he always had the serious look on his face. And I'm sure Coach Day is going to change that when fall camp comes around. But right now he's a more relaxed guy. He's getting players comfortable, getting newcomers ready to see how it is to be in college, not just throwing them in the water. So him just being like a more welcoming guy, welcoming players to his house, having it, have his kids around us. So he's more of a family guy. Like I said, he's a home, hometown guy. He played there. He loves it there. So you know how players can't be tensed up all the time. Because if they're tensed up, they won't be able to perform. All right. So – 
do you have goals? Like, are we about to see, I mean, everybody knows how good Chris Smith is, but are we about to see, like, a historic rushing season? For, what, what are we about to see as a, as a running back this year? Honestly, for me, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to win another Sunbelt Championship. And I, as I look at that, what comes with Sunbelt Championship is the uh, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, MVP. And I wouldn't mind having that around my belt. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 would, that would certainly be nice. So um, when y'all get to August, is it going to be about – I mean, I don't know that there's any camaraderie issues on this team. What's going to be that central focus and that central theme that you and the other leaders are going to be pushing your teammates when, y'all, when it gets you know really hot and y'all start practicing in August? For us, for me personally, with the offense, going to be establishing the run game, establishing the offensive line, something who's going to be the quarterback going to help lead this team. So it's like defense is going to focus on them and the offense is going to focus on us. But at the end of the day, when we get to practice, it's going to be head up and the best man that's going to compete are going to be the guys that are going to win the job. Well, I always enjoy talking to you. appreciate how honest and genuine you are. And uh, we look forward to this year. And so uh, here's for a healthy season yes, and sir. we can Thank see you. the best Christmas possible. Appreciate it very much. No enjoy today. All right. That was Chris Smith. We will take a timeout. Uh, remember, we are all of our Sunbelt Conference Media Day coverage is brought to you by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They will start you on your path to owning your next home. And the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive end, Andre Jones, another one of my – they didn't ask me who to bring, but they picked two of my favorite players for sure to come today, so they did a great job. Chris, We'll be talking to Andre Jones after this timeout. Again, we are at Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days at the Sheridan downtown New Orleans on Canal Street. We'll be back on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage. Presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, if you would like to win Astro tickets for August the 27th, Astros versus the Baltimore Orioles, all you need to do is join the game clubhouse. You join the game clubhouse, you might win four tickets to that game, uh, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and a... Um, Four tickets for Men in May Park and hotel accommodations for that evening at La Meridian, Houston, downtown. Astro Weekend Getaways brought to you by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right, we are here at Sunbelt Conference Media Days. We have now with us Andre Jones, and I call him a defensive end because that's what he's played since he's gotten here, but he's going to be doing... More of an outside linebacker, which for some of us is kind of semantical. But uh, first of all, Andre, welcome. How how are you enjoying this experience? Uh, I'm just like taking every moment in. Like you know, it's my last ride this year, so you know, it's, it's like you know, 
not taking nothing for granted. Just taking every moment in. All right, so, you know, when you first got here, the last thing on your mind was being one of the team spokesmen at Sunbelt Conference Media Days. But as your career has progressed and you've matured and you've become incredibly productive, is it fun now kind of reaping the rewards and being a team leader and being on preseason all-conference teams? and all? How much fun is and rewarding has that been? Uh, it shows all the work I put in. You know, I'm still putting in a lot of work, but it's just – you know, something is starting to pay off, you know. And I, I just give all glory to God, you know, because, like, well, I am nothing. And I just stay down, stay, stay grounded this whole time, and like, it's just starting to pay off. All right, so the idea of you playing um, outside linebacker, kind of doing what Chauncey Manak did last year, is that something that, ever came to your mind or did one day after the season a coach kind of came up to you and said what about this move how, how did that go down uh, actually in 2018 i played i played uh we call it jack i actually played it that's the year i registered it so i actually played that position before you know i was just it all came fast to me and i wasn't i wasn't ready for it but now you know but now but, but now i'm ready for it uh the, with the plays and the, uh, and the uh, I got the concept of the game, put it down, pack. And my old position is kind of it's similar. I'm just standing up now and I'm dropping a little more, but I look very great, and y'all gonna see this year. So, do you feel like it actually suits your skill set better than yeah. last year? Yeah, it's gonna show how athletic I am. Like, cause like I, I feel like a lot of people don't know how athletic I am. They just like used to seeing me doing this. The, uh, they ain't, they ain't see me like an open field. They see me drop a couple times, you know, and stuff like that. But it's gonna show how athletic I'm. Really athletic. But I'm just gonna. I ain't gonna give you all this talk. I'm gonna just show you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw your athleticism last year because your stat. You know, you you look at the stat sheet and some. You know, you look at these stat sheets and sometimes some of these defensive guys. You know, they're good at this position, but they don't have a lot. You look at yours. There's numbers in every one of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. Uh, four pass breakups, four quarterback hurries, three fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles, six sacks, nine tackles behind the line. You have not just a one or a zero. You have numbers in all these categories so we can see how productive you are. So what about um, the position gets you excited? Uh, it's it's got to be nice because you're not in a rut. Like, you you, you got a kind of a new start almost this year. Yeah, I- I see in this position, I'm gonna be more on the out. I'm gonna be on the outside all the time. So like, it's gonna it's gonna let me pass rush more like on the outside, you know, because like I was like kind of inside sometimes and stuff like that. But like it's gonna it's like showcase what I'm my strengths, like what I'm good at. Get after the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback. You know. Now, what about the? Are you gonna have more pass defense responsibilities? Oh uh, yeah, I am. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be driving the coverage a little more, but at times, you know, the play could change in that play. So I might end up rushing. So, you know, you're you going to see. It's going to be exciting. You're going to be seeing this big guy out there that, that you used to see on the other side. Like, wow, he's over here now. So how important is August drills going to be for you more so than, like, you know, someone like Zion who's been essentially playing the same position and has all the same yeah. experience you do? How important is August camp going to be for you kind of tweaking the position? A little? Uh, it's going to be really important because it's going to get me ready for the season. Like the spring was like the first step, you know, getting my getting my feet wet at it, you know. Well, I did it before, you know, but like, like every play, like there's more attention to detail in this position, like because like the formation can change and my 
my my play can change, you know. And I it's like more it's more uh eye candy, I can say. Right. So like I had to be more a little more disciplined, more a little more locked in, which is not hard for me. You know, I just take I take one rep at a time, that's all I do. Again, we're speaking with Andre Jones, who I've been calling him defensive end for a while. I guess we'll have to call him linebacker now. And so um, t- talk to me about got a new defensive coordinator. One of the things that I've been talking about on the air is one of the values to me of promoting from within and not just totally when Coach Napier left, just totally getting a new coach, what all new coaches is. Not everything that Coach Tony teaches y'all or taught y'all it disappears just because he's, yeah. you know somewhere else so some of that's still there but talk about the transition from him to a new defensive coordinator oh well the new defensive coordinator was already here before so, yes so like by him being the defensive coordinator that chemistry stays here that this this, this stay here and uh the trust so it's still here so like and like i can't spill no beans right yeah you know but like it's a lot of trust there, and it's a lot of like loyalty there. Like, and he care he care about us like no differently than like how Coach Tony cared about us. They're both young coaches, Coach Morgan and Coach Tony. They're both extremely passionate. Yeah. So, is uh, it what's uh, different? The only thing is different if we're gonna say, you know, Coach Tony is my dog. Yeah. But you know, Coach Morgan played here, so yeah. like he played he played the game. I got you. Now, look here, <laughs> Coach Tony is a guru. That's all he do is watch football. You know. Uh, you know, Coach Morgan played the game, so he went through like what we went through. Right. You know, they probably had three days, but we got through. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, so, the defensive line. Um, we've had a couple, you know, Sonny battled injuries, and different people have battled injuries, but I really have liked the depth on the defensive line. How do you feel like, or is there any issues there? How do you feel like that unit's going to do this year? I feel like you're going to do great this year, like, because, like, you got Kendall. Like, you know, he didn't get a chance to, like, to showcase much, like, behind me. So, like, like but he got in the game, he showed flashes and stuff. So, like, now he's taking a bigger role. Then you still got Andre Landry over there, too, and Jordan Lawson. And then, you know, you got you got Zion, you got Mason. And, you know, Mason is hungry. So, yes. like, like, Mason, like, he's going to be that guy this year, too. So like, it's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna be fun this year watching the boys like compete and having fun over there. Like it's gonna be gonna be different. And I can't spill the beans. I would tell you something, but you don't be surprised. You see me go go there and get a few reps. You know. Yeah. To show you know, master that position. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. So I was asking Chris from a defensive standpoint. Um, last year, like. Last year, there were quite a few games that were close. Kind of played to y'all competition a little bit. From a leader on the defense, what can y'all do to try to make sure that didn't happen as often? Uh, so, you know, it's 11 players on the field. So, everybody, every, each player has a job. So, I feel like every player just do their job at the best they can every play. And it won't cause, like, mistakes. Because, you know, like, 10 people can do the right thing and one person don't do the right thing. Then, right. You know? And I think just like starting fast, don't come out this slow, and just taking one rep at a time and finishing strong, you know, and don't get you know don't get comfortable just because we stop shutting them down, shutting down. That's that's our job to do, go shut them down every time. So like, you know, we can take that more serious too. All right. So if you were at Arkansas State or Texas State or Southern Miss, new team coming into y'all division, you'd be thinking, well, they lost their head coach, mm-hmm. they lost their quarterback. 
who's been there and set a bunch of records. They've lost some of their best offensive linemen, and they, you know they've lost their two inside linebackers. Man, this the West is wide open. Like they're vulnerable. Like I'm sure y'all have thought about that kind of stuff. So what what? Uh, how do y'all kind of perceive that? To, and, and I'm sure y'all are a little bit on a mission to show that, you know, y'all are still the kings of the West. Oh, uh, what I got to say is the next man up. I love all the guys that left, and it's the next man up because, like, the guys that have been behind them is hungry. So, like, they don't know that. Them guys is, man, them guys know the standard because they seen the guys in front of them do it the right way. So, like, it's going to be no differently. It's just going to be another player playing that position that being here. So, like, like I said, them guys is hungry, like, and we hungry right now too. Like we ready to get this season started. Like you know, because I want, I want to say prove people wrong, prove ourselves right. You know, because like at the end of the day, we gonna be the ones on the field, and and we we a family over there. There was obviously a huge push to win the Sunbelt Conference Championship. Y'all had come close and didn't happen, and then you had the one year where you didn't even get a chance to play in the in the conference championship game. How do you keep from being hung? from not being as hungry as you were a year ago because y'all won it last year. You won all your conference games for the first time in 53 years or 52 years, whatever, and, and you won, you beat up in the in the conference championship game. So how do you avoid this team, avoid from being satisfied? Uh, Like I said, like, you know, there's a lot of good guys stepping up because they want to they experience their role of being out there and winning the championships. So like, once you touch it one time, it's just like – we got to touch it again. Yeah. You have to touch it again. And like, like I said, it's a lot of guys that have been here, so, like, they know the standard. Like, man, we ain't, we're not settling for less. We know what we want. Like, we're going back at it again, bro. Like, it's going to be nice to get another ring, a championship ring. Like, it's, it's going to be nice. And then we had it at home. So, like, you know, that's, like, a, a different feeling. Like, 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 when we won it at home, it's, I wouldn't even worry about getting on stage. I was just walking around, like, seeing all the fans running on the field. Man. Yeah. Like, I, I have never experienced nothing like that. Like from our community, and that, it feels so great. Like, so when you get to touch something like that, like you want to touch it again. Absolutely. All right. One more question, then I'll uh, I'll let you go. In terms of getting an NFL opportunity, do you feel like this move that you're making could help that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're gonna see how like versatile. I'm gonna play the whole like D line. You know, like we'll put, they'll put me in different packages and then see me go out. It's gonna make me more my value. Like you know, go up. You know. And show how versatile I am. You can put me here. You can put me there. Like I could do. Mike was calling me Mr. Do It All. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, look. I appreciate talking to you as always. Thank you very much for always being willing to to talk to us and uh, and all the production you gave on the field. And good luck to y'all this season. I appreciate. Thank you. you. All right. Now. Good job. Right. Andre Jones, linebacker. I'm gonna have to get used to saying that. Linebacker. But uh, no, looking forward. Look, Chauncey had a obviously played a huge role on last year's team. And um, he obviously played a huge role on last year's team, and Andre did as well. And so, you know, Kendall Wilkerson that he mentioned, um, Kendall was very highly recruited from the from the very beginning. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see how uh, that all plays out. All right, it's time for – we'll take a timeout. we come back, we're going to be talking to the head man, uh, who I like I said I'm gonna have to applaud him. He picked two of my favorite players to come here for, to represent the Cajuns. We'll be talking to Coach Dez after this timeout uh, on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the 
Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Coach, can you tell me how many times have you heard that song that was just playing? Not enough. (laughs) So unbelievable. I was thinking about it. I don't know why. You know, I've lived in Lafayette my whole life, and you grew up and played there and coached there. And I think about how many times have I heard that song and the song Respect, you know, in our lives. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big number. It's a lot. But it kind of gets the juices flowing, doesn't it? It does. It means football's here. Absolutely. We are at Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days, and I want to remind you, if you would like to join the game text club, you simply need to text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. GAME to 283-8100. You could win all kind of prizes, including Astro tickets if you do it. And uh, so you need to join the game text club by going to 1037thegame.com today or 1041thegame.com. All right, we were talking before we got on the air, and I was complimenting you for the choices you made for the two players you brought and Chris Smith and Andre Jones. And one, they both seem so genuine to me. Sometimes you talk to people and you can tell they kind of, you know, they're being nice, but they're just kind of telling you what you can tell, or at least it seems like what they say comes from their heart. They just are who they are. And they've been such matured through the years just talk about both of them and what they meant to your program well you know they're they're both examples perfect examples of of what you want in your program right you know they're both guys that came in i mean chris smith as good as he is redshirted and you know i just worked and, and sat there and did the work and you know to coach robes deal work while you wait right yeah andre jones the same way came in he had a lot of development to do as a player as a person um and did it and those guys have become leaders on our team because of the work that they've put in and the teammates have seen it and they've become really really good players for us and you know we have a lot of guys in here and i told you you know it's really not an easy decision when you decide who to bring but those two guys are certainly perfect examples of exactly what we want in our program and the types of kids that we want and uh you know small town guys that you had to go and find a little bit in recruiting. right uh you see some potential and some value in them and they rise to the occasion and they 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 fulfill the expectations that you have for them and even exceed them well coach Dez's cajuns are picked to win the sunbelt conference west once again they had the first undefeated conference season last year since 1970. That was even a little before my time. I was four years old. I don't really remember seeing any of those games, to be honest with you. You didn't call those. Huh? <laughs> I didn't call those games, no. <laughs> so that was even a little bit before my time. But, no, it, it was um, uh, just a great run. And yet, you know, talking to Andre and Chris, they still feel like the team is hungry. Mm-hmm. Because you're a first-year head coach, Sure. Does that help with avoiding complacency? Like, we still got something to prove. Yeah, we love 
Coach Napier and everything he did. But the team, I'm sure, wants to prove that this program is still going to be just as good as it ever was. Does that help? Well, certainly it helps. You know, I mean, um, it's always about the players. It's always been about the players. You know, um, Coach Napier came in with a great plan for us to execute, but the players have to execute the plan. And they did. And, and, you know, we have such a really good group. You know, we've built such a great culture here that they embrace the work. They don't just accept it. And they know that the work that we do leads to results. So, you know, I think we have a culture of guys that like the work. Um, And I think our group is always better. I mean, you know, you know me a long time. We are a chip-on-our-shoulder type of operation. And I think the changes, I think, help this team to refocus and kind of develop a chip with a group that's had a lot of success to where, you know, you do have people that are a lot of question marks, right, that are questioning a lot of things about our team and about our players. And, you know, I tell them all the time, we got we got plenty to go out there and continue to, to play at a really high level. We just got to keep doing the work and go do it. So I think it's helped. How much for you personally, obviously every coach has nerves at some point, especially when you're taking over a program that you love as much as you love this program. But how much did getting to coach in the New Orleans Bowl Kind of, it wasn't like a year or anything. It was one game. But, like, make, are you more comfortable as a head coach and dealing with everything and being here for the first time as the head coach, having coached that game? Did that help the well, process? Cer- certainly, yeah. I mean, you know, it was uh, – it, it really felt like a must win, you know, for me going into it because, you know, you've got this whole team that's looking at you. Um, you've got the fan base and administration. You've got all these people that are looking like – okay, well, what's this going to look like? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, again, we our players went out there and executed and played really well. And for us as a coaching staff, um, you know, even with a lot of the kind of makeshift pieces we kind of had in place for that game, it really, I think the continuity that we had with guys that have been there and guys that are still here, it made it so much easier to do that. But, I mean, the New Orleans Bowl was big, I think, for, for myself – for the guys that are here on the staff, but for these players, too, to see that, hey, we can still go out there and beat a really good Marshall team, right? you know, in the New Orleans Bowl. Um, and it just carries a little momentum in the offseason and kind of helps everybody kind of say, all right, well, we're, we're going to be able to keep doing this thing. And it's, it's a confirmation of that more so than a hope. All right, I want to get back to Chris Smith. And, again, we're coaching, talking to Coach Dad, Kate, new Cajun head football coach and Chris Smith is you've always had a running back rotation I think it's 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 wise and yet you, he doesn't have as much experience around him as some of your three-headed monsters over the last few years so is he are you worried about him being physically ready ended last season was it able to play in the bowl game to be able to not he's still going to be a rotation but maybe have the most significant carries of that rotation I'm not worried about it. I think it's time for Chris to be that guy. Um, it, it really is. And, you know, it, it's a little bit like we're in a better situation, but it's a little bit like in 2017 when I coached the running backs, Elijah McGuire just left. Mm-hmm. We had Trey Regis and Elijah Mitchell, and you had some of these guys in right. there that we felt really strongly about, but they had never done it. Um, we have a luxury in having Chris who's done it and can be that bell cow that you need. Um but we feel really good about what's behind him. So um, 
I'm not concerned with Chris carrying the load, but I'm not concerned with having other guys to take some of that off of him as well. Because I, I, I just – I don't think it's healthy to do that to, right. to a kid. Um, you know, really Elijah McGuire, if you think back in 16 – we kind of beat him up in the middle of the year, yes. and he didn't really get back to himself <laughs> to the very end. I agree. Um, so what we've been able to do um, is play multiple guys there that all have different roles and different skill sets, and as they develop, you know, continue to develop into more everyday players. Like Raymond Colley was a great example, right? He was very much a specialty player early in his career. Mm-hmm. Well, as he got into his end of his sophomore, his junior year, senior year he became an every down back and did all the things really well so it's a luxury to have a guy like Chris that you know you've seen him do it all um his leadership has been tremendous in that group and he's the one telling them I need some of you guys to step up right I need some of you guys to play and it which is a unique thing right for for a a skilled guy to be that selfless and say humble even to say I need help like I need you guys to come along and uh you know uh Matt Bergeron does a great job in that group um you know of getting those guys prepared to play so I'm excited about those young guys we got coming up um it'll be fun this year I think because a lot of people are going to see some names and get to see some of these guys that they don't really know a whole lot about I can't wait to to watch Draylon Washington play I gotta I mean he might be number one on my list the guys that I'm looking forward to seeing play this fall. All right, on the other side with Andre, Chauncey Manak had some huge performances, yeah. had a great season last year. Yeah. Was it important to move Andre there to, to where y'all was like, okay, who can beat Chauncey Manak, or was it just a natural progression because he had kind of done a little bit of that early in his career? You know, it, it's a combination of things. Um, that position for us is so important to have someone with some size and some length that can hold the point, that can rush the passer one-on-one, that can do some of those things. Um, but on top of that, this defensive line that we have has a lot of depth, um, a lot of good players there. So when you take Andre and you move him more to outside backer, where you've got you know, a couple guys that have been around for a while, but they're not the same player as him, and then you've got a couple young guys coming up that you feel really good about um, with the D-line depth that we feel really good, that we love, it allows that D-line depth to play a little bit more of a role. allows Andre to play a really significant role. Um, and some of those young guys to get a little bit of time in there as they need to go that are going to be really significant players in the future. So it, it was just it was just really a natural kind of move, and he kind of expressed some interest in it. And as a staff, we sat down and said, look, this spring, let's make the move wholesale. If it doesn't work this spring, we know what he can do at end. Right. And we'll be fine. But um, – the He's got the length and worked. the speed. He's got he the skill does. Set. He does, and the, the experiment worked. He, he was, truthfully, I had some promise, some hope for it, but he was way, way further along than I thought he would be at that outside backer position. So, you know, going through spring, we felt really, really good about his development in that role um, and his ability to really make a difference there. Um, so it's, it's a move that we made wholesale and um, – you know, obviously, we still have the ability to move him around, which gives you an advantage. But, uh, you know, he did a really good job this spring in that role for us. All right, we only have about a minute left, so I have one more question. Other than quarterback, which you're going to get tired of talking, you're probably already tired of us asking you about the quarterback Never. position. But you know how important that position is. You played it. So, other than quarterback, what's the most critical job or position that's got to be won through August? 
on this team. I think more than just one job being one, I think it's developing depth in a number of positions. Talk about running back, right? Linebacker. Okay, you got two veterans coming back, but the KCO size, the Kendra Gantz, Jasper Williams, uh, Caleb Edwards, all these guys at linebacker, inside linebacker, who steps up to be those guys that can play significant snaps in those roles? Um, D-line depth. Right, obviously Jaquan Nelson moves to nose guard, huge shoes to fill. Right with uh, with Taylor Humphreys leaving, well, who's the depth that can go in there and go play, and who can get meaningful snaps and, and play a lot of really good plays? Zion Hill, we need a he he needs to play. He can't play as many snaps as he's played in the past. You right, know? And, and as significant as a player as he is, you're still better having some other guys in there at certain points in the game where you can keep Zion fresh for a whole season, right. a whole game. So the depth, I think, in, in most positions, to me, to be honest with you, I think the depth development is going to be a huge factor for us this season. All right, Coach. Well, I'm sure you're um, ready for all this media day stuff to be over and get on the football field, but enjoy the rest of it, and we appreciate your cooperation as always. And, again, great job on your choices, and good luck this season. Kevin, appreciate it as always. All right. It's always great talking Cajun football this time of the year because uh, August camp is about to start and we're about to start to see how many of these predictions are going to come true. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour of footnotes from Sunbelt Conference Media Days next on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 27, 1992. The Houston Astros begin a 26-game road trip to help make room inside the Astrodome for the Republican National Convention. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to thank again our sponsors for Sunbelt Conference Media Day coverage. Next home cutting edge realty. They will start you on your path to owning your next home in the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Want to thank them very much for their support of our coverage of Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days. The entire first hour was about Cajun football. Got a little insight into some position changes. Got a little insight into the the psyche of this team. And so many, like every year, so many unique and fascinating angles and questions to ask about Cajun football going into it. Talking to... It was one of the questions I asked Andre, maybe, hearing talking to media members and coaches, some, some SIDs from around the Sunbelt West. There, there's no, it's just no doubt about it, and, and you can understand it. Their perception is, overwhelmingly, their perception is that West is wide open. And so we'll see if the Cajuns can shut the door. So many things have to happen for that to take place in the fall, so we will see. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow 
on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Kevin is in the Big Easy, and New Orleans will never be the same. Broadcasting live from the Hotel Sheraton in downtown New Orleans, here's a special Sunbelt Media Days edition of Footnotes, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Here is your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We are at the Sheridan Hotel again, Sunbelt Conference Media Days, sponsored by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They will start you in your path to owning your next home. And the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Appreciate them helping us. Bring you Sunbelt Conference Media Day. All right, the whole first hour, we talked about the Cajuns. Interviewed two players, interviewed Coach Dez. Uh, very informative, and we can certainly have reaction to that. But we will, we do have one more um, interview scheduled to get Sunbelt Conference Commissioner Keith Gill about 1030. But other than that, the phone lines will be open. Uh, the hotline, I should say, would be open at 706-0111, If you would like to ask any questions about anything or make comments about anything that was said in the first hour over the last two days, a lot of very intriguing things. As far as what made a big impression on me yesterday, a couple things looking at uh, the things that were said after I got off the air and heard all the coaches speak uh, out on the main plat, the main stage, couple things. We first of all, <clears throat> I really enjoyed interviewing and getting to listen to uh, James Madison head coach Kirk Signetti. He he's a fascinating guy in that he's kind of is what he is. He's got a lot of old school in him. His dad, as I learned, you know, when I first saw that name, I'm like, I know that name. And, and his brother, Frank Signetti, was a, uh, started out as like one of these, uh, what do they call? I don't know what they call them, um, quality control coaches or whatever. He was like, you know, a s- assistant quarterback coach or whatever for the Saints in the, in the early um, part of like about 20 years ago when Coach Hagler was, Hazard was there. Probably Jake knows him. You know, Jake might have even been there when his brother Frank was there. And so his dad was a is a college football Hall of Famer. And he's one of those guys that you can tell by just interviewing him yesterday, watching him speak. If you're the fan of a rival school, you're not going to like that guy. I don't know. I mean, look, the Cajuns and I've developed a rivalry. Who knows what's ahead? Cajuns and James Madison. They're not going to play each other very often. I think the way the schedule's going to work, I mean, who knows? College sports change so quickly. But I think the way the schedule's going to work is like one out of every three years they're going to play James Madison or something like that. Um, but – but who knows, the Cajuns, you know, the, 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 way, the reason why the Cajuns and that became such a rivalry 
in a hurry was they kept meeting each other in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. And so it, it became a big deal. And App became that program that, uh, you know, the Cajuns aspired to to get to match and, 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 and then better. And they were finally able to do that. They've, they've beaten App three years, three games in a row now, which is a great uh, accomplishment from where from where it was when Coach Napier got here. <coughs> but, you know, Coach Signetti, very confident, could argue maybe even a little cocky. I heard Coach um, Bowden say this morning that James Madison has got, you know, financially – the, the support is there. They're used to winning. They won 12 games last year. I know it technically was at a lower level, you know, the FCS level. Uh, I I don't know that there. We found out back in 2014 when when App came into this league and Georgia Southern came into the league, the idea that uh, mid-major programs at the FBS level or significantly better, higher than the uh, upper echelon programs in the FC le- FCS level. It's not true. I mean, there, there's a gap maybe in some of them, but there's it's not that big of a gap. I mean, Georgia Southern hit the ground running. App hit the ground running. They won seven games that first year, and they won 11 games in year two in the Sunbelt Conference. It's not that big of a gap. And so we'll see how long it takes James Madison um, to, 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 to do that. The, uh, so he, he made an impression on me and I think some people overall are, are, are going to overlook James Madison and, and probably to their detriment. The other one that hearing him talk, uh, is coastal Carolina head coach, Jamie Chadwell. And once again, if you would like to get in on the the game hotline. The number is 706-0111. Coach Chadwell made a comment. You know, going in, I kind of have the feeling quite as good as they've been the last two years when they've won 11 games. But Coach Chadwell made an interesting point yesterday. And the reason why it kind of raised my antenna is I think the Cajuns have proven this to be value. Knowing, you know, it's like I always say about the Saints of the NFL when we have NFL discussions. No one outside of the Saints fan base, they don't really know anything about the Saints. And it's the same for all these other teams. Now, <clears throat> there are certain teams like, you know, the Cow- I don't know, Cowboys and in the last few years the Chiefs who are on TV every week, it seems like. Uh, and so much, there's so much discussion about them that teams know, people around the country know a little bit about them more than just about any other team. But really, the, the national guys, they don't know anything. I mean, they don't know anything about the Saints. They're just talking with people, tell them. They don't, they don't, they don't know. Well, we don't know that much about Coastal Carolina football, but we know about the Cajuns because we watch them every week. So but what Coach Chadwell said, he said he essentially, and I'm not quoting him, but he essentially said that they've had a lot of stars, offense and defense, but he was more talking about defense a lot, that they lost. But that while they might not have as many stars back, he feels like they have more depth back. In other words, 
they're not going to have to play 12 or 13 guys a lot. They're going to be able to play 15 and 16 guys. So while some of the, you know, one of their more star-studded guys, a couple of them may no longer be around, they feel like they develop their depth better. And so, you know, Coach Dez was just talking about that with Zion Hill. How Zion, it's important, Coach Dez said, for Zion not to have to play as many downs every game. In other words, have better depth. That has been a huge part of the Cajun success uh, in the Billy Napier era. The fact that they play all these offensive linemen. And that not only does it give more guys experience, it it allows them within games to be fresher. And, and, and to not have to, you know, where in the fourth quarter, when the Cajuns are winning these games in the fourth quarter, even though they're close, they have more fresh bodies on the field because they intentionally play a lot of people. Now, one of the there's a certain position, wide receiver, where a lot of people will disagree with that theory that you know it's maybe great in other areas, but not so great at wide receiver. And so, we'll see how how that plays out with the Cajuns in, in Coach Dez's first year. But it made me think maybe. Coastal's if Coastal's depth is better than I thought, maybe I need to reevaluate that. I you know I kind of some people disagree with me, but I I I really think Georgia State is is ready to make a run. I was high on them last year. They got off to the one four start, then they went seventy one down the stretch, and did and did very very well. Um, <clears throat> so the way it was, the coaches voted in that poll. They had App One, which you know, unless things change, they're not always going to win, but I'm not going to raise many eyebrows when App is picked to have success because their program is so stable and there's no reason this year to um, to think any different. Uh, Coastal 2, which is, you know, what it was last year. <coughs> but in Georgia State 3rd, my thought process is more reversed. Put Georgia State 2nd and Coastal 3rd, but we'll see. It... it Again, that's part of, I don't know if the value is the word, but kind of the result of things like Sunbelt Conference Media Days. You hear coaches, most coaches, every once in a while you're going to get kind of a coach who tries to, oh, the woe is me. But most coaches try to be pretty optimistic this time of the year when they're talking about their programs and, you know, in in this kind of a public event. So (laughs) you, you hear what they say. And you have to process it. Like, do you believe it or do you not believe it? Uh, Co- I got to tell you, Coach Helton, Coach Clay Helton at Georgia Southern, very smooth, very impressive speaker. And yet, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm looking at what they're trying to do, which was go from a run-base option offense for decades that brought them all that success to a um, to, to a spread offense that he ran at USC and Memphis before that, uh, that that's a tough chore. Um, I, I get that they feel like their linebackers are 
I mean, their wide receivers are more talented than you would think coming from that kind of scenario. But uh, I think that's a tough chore. It even tougher is when you look at their schedule. So while I admired everything he said, and, man, he was, he was, he was convincing. It's just – and his players were convincing. How much they like Coach Helton, how much they like everything he's brought to them. <clears throat> he did have a little bit of an advantage over some first-year coaches and that he was hired in November last year. So the last three or four games of the year, he was at the stadium watching the team. He was on campus. I mean, he was going to be their next head football coach. And so he has a better idea about his team than almost any first-year coach would have coming from a different school other than, you know, getting promoted from within like Coach Des did. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not it's, – it's hard, it's hard for me to buy Georgia Southern. They were picked third to last in the East. I will be very surprised if they um, if they finish that high, but we'll see. That's why, as they say, that's why they play the game. So it is. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Old Dominion, I I like that coach. I got to tell you, I was I, I never met him before. I never heard him speak before. I didn't. I don't know that I've ever seen an Old Dominion football game in my life, but. But I got to tell you, I was impressed with him. One of the things that he said, uh, they got, he said they got a quarterback battle, although the guy that helped them win five in a row is back. So I don't know. I, don't, I didn't quite understand why there's a quarterback battle when the guy who you um, inserted as your quarterback helped you win five straight games at the end of a season. But one of the things he said was, and I kind of agree with this, is that momentum from one season in other words because you win a streak at the end of one season that automatically carries over to the next year and he basically said that that, that's not accurate that you start over every year you know uh, some people are going to disagree with that but I kind of get what he's saying but there's no question like they have a serious chip on there they were picked last they were picked to finish seventh they but they you know had they won they had won five in a row and they were picked seventh in the east and so it is um you know they they feel like they've got a running back back rush for over 1100 yards you know the biggest thing about the east coming into this year is um i think most people and you can hear coach dez excited about it you can hear chris smith is excited about it that chris smith could have a breakout season and be you know, the most explosive back in the Sunbelt Conference. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all this season. Could happen. But on paper, the, there's only 3,000-yard rushers coming back, and they're all in the East. And, uh, you know, ODU has one. Uh, Appalachian State has one in Noel. Uh, and, um, and Marshall has one. And the Cajuns will only be playing one of those three in the Marshall and, and Rasheen Ali, and he, he rushed for over 1,400 yards and had 45 catches. He is really good. Coach Signetti said yesterday he thinks he that he's as good as any running back in the country. Now, that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but I was impressed with him. They are what they are, and I get it, why some people are cynical about him. But it, to me, it's in, the interesting part of the process is hearing the coaches, and some of it kind of makes you go, hmm, so Coastal kind of made me go, hmm, 
I'm going to – Georgia Southern is going to have to prove it to me. I, I don't see how they're going to make that quick of a turnaround. We will see. But that's, all. again, all part of the fun. All right, let's do this. We will take a timeout, come back, and have one more segment, a little shorter segment because we um, plan to have some conference commissioner, Keith Gill, at the bottom of the hour. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Talk more to you about the Sunbelt Conference, Sunbelt Conference Media Days from the Sheridan in New Orleans on Footnotes, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And look, it's probably best that these last two days we've been so busy talking about the Sunbelt Conference Media Days, haven't had time to talk about the Astros. Um, you know, again, we, we went through it with the Kansas City Royals. Couldn't get them out, but they found ways to win the, most of those games. Uh, right now, they can't get the Oakland A's out. And, um, of course, look, folks, getting Chad Pinder out is not a new thing. They, they have always had trouble getting Chad Pinder out. But right now, can't get the A's out and can't beat them either. Uh, just um, <clears throat> that's baseball. It's all you can say. But game three of that series, we'll see if the Astros can salvage only two in the last, like I think it's twelve or thirteen series. Only one team has won a series against the Astros. It's the Oakland A's. I mean, go go figure. You know they played the Yankees. They played the Mariners. They played other teams. They they, they win the series. They played Oakland A's. Can't beat them. I mean, how do you beat? How do you muster up enough energy to be able to beat the Oakland A's? I don't know. The Astros haven't been able to figure it out. But anyway, they'll try to salvage Game Three of that series and avoid the sweep. This afternoon, uh, that game about 2.37, one of those weird starting times, late afternoon or mid-afternoon starting time. And you can hear that game on our sister station, not News Talk, uh, 98.5 FM. All right, most of the first hour we talked about the Cajuns. And one of the things that we talked about it earlier that uh, it's pretty evident in the East, yesterday, all they talked about was how balanced, how dangerous, how many teams there are in the East that are really good. In the West, the talk is, today, I think the talk and the belief by most of the people is that the West could be wide open. Uh, it hasn't been the wild, wild West in a long time. The Cajuns have been winning this, this, this division title uh, for a while now. You know, been going to the Sunbelt Conference Championship game every year as, as as a winner from the West. Last year, the Cajuns ran the table. First time a Cajun football team has run the table in conference play since 1970. I was four years old. I don't remember that season. We joked about when Coach Dez was on last hour. So it was. Uh, it's been a while. But the thought process is the Cajuns no longer have their head coach. They lost their defensive coordinator. They lost their quarterback. They lost a couple, um, you know, NFL caliber offensive linemen. 
They lost two couple middle linebackers, and they lost man, some running backs transfer. In other words, it's not the same football team, and the Cajuns are going to try to prove that they are the same football team, and we'll see. One of the moves that we discussed last hour that was made in the offseason is moving Andre Jones from, you know, it's not like he's going to be at a very different side of the field. He's going from defensive end to outside linebacker. And so, and he had played that position a little earlier, so we'll see. Essentially, he's going to be Chauncey Manak. And so we'll see how that plays out. Um, I asked Coach Dez, other than quarterback, and folks, if it, you know, asked him again, you know, off the air, is it really a 50 50 race at quarterback? And, and he, and Coach Dez reiterated, it, it is. It truly is. Is in other words, one of the things that that makes it so difficult is they essentially have the same skill set. Talking about Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge, they essentially they're they're not their body types are not the same. Ben's a you know taller and little rangier than, than Chandler is, but they both have a um they both have a lot of knowledge of the playbook been really made rapid progress there uh they both can run but they're not runners uh the biggest difference probably is chandler is more ben's more of a robot a little more robotic in that you know he's gonna do what he's just gonna the play is this he's just gonna do it and chandler's a little bit more of a gunslinger He's got more of all right. Let me let me make this play. I know I'm supposed to just take. Let me let me make this play. And so that's really the only difference from what I can see. And again, I, I'm not in practice every day, so I don't know what the what the coaches are seeing. But it just seems like a, a scenario where it, there are a lot of similarities. One day one does well, and the other day the other. It, it's going to be a tough decision. But other than the quarterback call, which is going to be a tough one. Um, he, I asked Coach Dez which other battle to be won, position battle to be won in, in August is going to be the most important. And he and he did not say one. What he said was that the, the most important thing is going to be developing depth in a few critical positions like linebacker. You know, guys like Jasper Williams who – you know, they were recruited. We talked about him. Got a lot of speed. Guys like Caleb Edwards got a lot of speed. Guys like Casey Osai, they have all the physical tools. Um, and so we'll see how, how that depth goes there. All right. I said we were going to have to do a little bit of a sh- shorter segment before we took a, a timeout. Uh, scheduled to have Sunbelt Conference Commissioner Keith Gill in, uh, after, in the next segment. So we'll take that timeout. And come back, I want to remind you, Sunbelt Conference Media Day coverage brought to you by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They will start you on your path to owning your next home. And the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Appreciate their support of our coverage of Sunbelt Conference Media Day. We will be back on footnotes. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers 
and the Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We have a very special guest in with us, Sunbelt Conference Commissioner Keith Gill, who just recently signed a contract extension through 2030. Man, I graduated from high school in 1984. 2030 sounded so far away. (laughs) Isn't this unbelievable what's going on right now in the Sunbelt Conference? Yeah, you know, great energy. You know, in some ways, our media day is a metaphor for what's going on in the entire conference. A lot of energy, a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation. It's been a great two days so far, and um, can't wait for football season. You know, I'm sure your first one, you were excited and nervous, media day, but with everything that's happened in this obviously I don't know that there's could ever be a commissioner more excited for a media day you're inviting four new schools in you know what what app and the Cajuns and Coastal have done for football in the last yeah. two years I mean this is probably I mean could you ever be more excited for a media day than this no I don't think so you know I mean Louisiana's got the longest winning streak in the country you know 13 games and um, and like you said app Louisiana Coastal combined to win 64 games over the last two years so it's an exciting time for Sunbelt football being here at media day having the opportunity to celebrate it um, you know but it also is kind of like um, you know rinse and repeat right louisiana's picked the picked by the coaches to to win the west again so um which which obviously done many consecutive years so exciting time i can't believe camp starts next week the the new schools you have in just what i don't know when that process started uh one of the coaches said yesterday it happened fairly quickly but like um was there were, did you target those four schools is what I'm asking, or did you have a list of, I don't know, five or six, and you just kind of got the four bad? I mean, how did that process work? Yeah, you know, I do think it's um, a little bit – so it all really started when Oklahoma and Texas, you know, decided that they were going to make that right. announcement to move to the Big 12. And so right at that point, that's when we started trying to meet as a group and figure out just what we wanted to do. And um, our presidents um, and our ADs got together, presidents, chancellors, ADs, saying, hey, you know, if we stay where we are with 10 football-playing schools, we're going to be strong. But if there's some opportunities out there to grow, we should be aggressive and, and, and do that. And then we did start kind of vetting schools. And one of the things we wanted to do, the geographic piece was really important. We wanted to get Troy to the west. You know, they've been playing on the eastern side. And so we really developed a plan to figure out schools with good football programs, winning traditions, strong fan bases, and geographic proximity. And that's kind of how we And you hit three home runs there. And you hit three home runs there. We did. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I don't know that we could have had, you know, I said earlier yesterday, I was like, if you'd asked me what the ideal number is, I would have said 12. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you had these four op- the opportunity to have these four schools, all of a sudden, 14 is the number, you know? I mean, that just made a lot of sense. And so we're really excited. I don't know that it could have gone better for you us. You know, Troy being in the West now in the same state with South Alabama, you didn't really want them in different divisions. Right. And then Southern Miss, I mean, this is way before your time, but when I was growing up and going to college at, you know, at UL, 
Southern Miss and the Cajuns, you know, just a natural rivalry. Right. Mm-hmm. And they've already got a great baseball rivalry right. going yeah. on. And so um, it, the, the, geog- are, the geography is great, but are you worried about balance? Or do you not worry about that as a commission? You know, I, I I don't worry about balance in the sense of these things are cyclical. You know, I mean, a few years back, everyone was like the SEC East is the strongest. Yeah. You look now, and the West is pretty stout in the SEC. And so I, I just think these things are cyclical, and, and they kind of go. And um, and so I, I think that you know you just go out, you just want to have good teams, you know, and um, and you want to have a lot of good teams at the top and we've been fortunate enough to have that with Louisiana app and and um, coastal over the last few years and and um, and so that's that's really what we we we're kind of looking for the balance will take care of itself over time obviously it's like a football team the head coach gets all the credit but other people are involved in, in the process you deserve all the credit for all the success going on but but who else besides yourself like how did y'all get ahead of this in other words yeah. some of these conferences this whole process kind of passed them by. Yeah. The process did not pass the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I give a lot of um, credit to our CEOs, um, particularly, um, you know, Kelly Danfis, who's the president of the Sunbelt at the time, former chancellor at Arkansas State. Now he's at Texas State. Um, his leadership was really instrumental. And then all of his kind of CEO colleagues, you know, they really wanted to be aggressive. And um, and so they, I think, charted charted this path. You know, I look at myself as, you know, I was just I'm just kind of the vessel. You know, I'm just kind of executing what the presidents and and chancellors want. I thought our ads were great. They did a good job of kind of giving us kind of what the lay of the land looked like and and what made sense um, from a football standpoint. So. It really was a team effort, and actually, our staff did a lot of. You know, you got to do a lot of research on these schools and and figure out, you know, what what makes sense and what doesn't. So it was a team effort. You know, this is a team sport. You know, college athletics is a team sport, and um, and I'm I'm really proud of um, the leadership of our CEOs and ads to get us to this point. Speaking with Sunbelt Conference Commissioner Keith Gill, you know, the pandemic was a unique time, and I know behind the scenes, the ads and the presidents, I'm sure, had to work together. We had to figure out health you know protocols and all that that togetherness and having a a common goal did that kind of help in this whole process a little later where y'all were constantly talking and communicating and yeah you have rivalries but we're like you said together did that play a role i I do think the pandemic was helpful in building helping us build culture you know really did two things it helped us get some momentum because we had some big upsets played some good games we're on tv a lot because we started playing early um, earlier than a lot of the other conferences, but then we had to communicate so much. Yeah. Our CEOs were meeting once a week. Our ADs were meeting twice a week, and so there is a togetherness, a bond that forms there that allowed us to, um, yeah, just come together and make sure we stuck together. Because one of the hard things in realignment is trying to decide on what schools make sense, you know, because everyone kind of had their regional favorites. You know, because right. you want to pick schools that are close to you, you know, and there's not enough space to do that. So I do think kind of some of the changes that we had to make during the pandemic, um, you know, contributed to our success as it relates to realignment outcomes. The other thing is your communication or your relationship with, with ESPN. Kind of put into words how significant that is. It's hard to put into words, to be honest with you. It's, it's incredibly significant. They've been incredibly supportive, incredible partners every step of the way with us providing exposure, providing financial resources, providing opportunities whenever they can. And um, I can't say enough about you know our relationship with them and our partnership because I don't believe we would have had the success that we're having 
without ESPN? I think, and I've always thought one of the toughest things about when you expand and you have this, like, um, where James Madison is now, as, a, as, as I would say, a fur piece from San Marcos, Texas. Right. Like, how do you – football is its own thing, but mm-hmm. in other sports, it, do you see this it, – is it a feeling out process, like – how you schedule and who plays who and how many times they play who. Is that something you're going to, as a league, you're going to experiment a year and see how it works out and maybe change it two or three years? Or are you comfortable where you're all in the whole scheduling format with you know, such geographical difference? I think we're pretty comfortable with where we are in the scheduling format just because we're in a division-based schedule. So for the most part, in any sport where we have a schedule and it's a team sport, um, we're going to play roughly 70 to 75% of the games in division. And that makes it simple. So even though it is a long way from San Marcos to, um, you know, Norfolk, yeah, they're gonna they're not gonna play as much. You know, San Marcos is gonna play going to Jonesboro and going to Mobile and going to places that are a little more within region. And I think that's gonna be helpful. Now, obviously, there's gonna be some out of region games at about a 25 percent clip, and those games might be a little farther. But you've got some out of region games that are gonna be like Troy versus Georgia State. <laughs> I mean, right. that's not very far at all, no. you know, and so, um, or even South versus Georgia State. So, anyways, uh, so I think it'll work itself out. You know, I think the divisional piece, and it's really interesting, that's becoming unique in college athletics because a lot of FBS conferences are going away from divisions. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of doubling down on that because of the regional nature of our conference. Then there are sports like softball, and I asked you this question at the in Lafayette for the Seminole Conference Football Championship game. Is there going to be a way to get creative? Like, if the Cajuns have been good at softball for a long time, mm-hmm. James Madison has been good at football, softball for a long time, is there any way to make sure that those two meet, or is that just not practical under the current format? No, I, I think we'll look at everything, you know, because we'll, we want to try to create the best opportunities for our teams, in this case we're talking softball, to get at-large opportunities. And the way you do that is to have them play quality opponents, and then obviously they got to beat them. Right. right? Um, but that's so we'll we'll be exploring that. You know, we actually have um, or we'll we'll have a committee. It hasn't been announced, but that's going to look at baseball and softball because we don't want to kind of rest on our laurels. We want to continue to find ways to promote those sports, to grow those sports, so that we can be better. You know, we got four baseball teams in this year. We want to get five next year, you know, and so or six or seven. So we're not, um, yeah, we're not resting, you know, and in, in, in softball is the same way. And so if there's some creative scheduling that we can do to create the matchups that are going to be compelling for fans and that are also going to give people the wins or the opponents that they'll need to kind of pad their at-large resumes or their credentials, we'll certainly look to do that. Obviously, football's made tremendous progress. Baseball had a great year, like you're saying. Uh, had some really good teams, and and it was great for the Cajuns that they won the conference tournament. But I kind of feel like it was good for the league overall as well. Yeah, no, um, so. But basketball, like, is that a sport that's just going to be tougher to to make inroads that y'all made in the other sports because of just the way it is nationally? What, what do you think about? You know, we've got to invest more in basketball. We got we've got to get better. I, I I don't basketball to me is not like a throwaway sport in terms of uh, we can't be better. We can be better in basketball. We see it around the country. There are plenty of conferences that are much better at basketball than we are. So we've got to look to see what investments we need to make, um, you know, whether that's in recruiting budgets or whether that's in facilities. 
We also need to look at how we schedule to see if there are opportunities for us to get better um, in terms of the way we schedule opportunities to have more success in that regard. You know, because at the, you know we had no top 100 net teams in men's or women's basketball. We didn't have one. Now, to get in that large consideration, you've got to be at least top 50 in the net generally. And yeah. so... And so we've got to change that. And I, and I think we can. It's going to take some time. Moving the basketball needle is hard, but it's certainly doable and certainly something that I think is important for us to, to do. I just asked a couple of the Cajun players, how do you all avoid complacency? You, 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 it, everything for years was about beating out and, and winning that Sunbelt Conference championship. Right. Now you've done it. Like you're on the mountain. Yeah. And the Sunbelt Conference is kind of in that position mm-hmm. right now getting celebrated all over the country and you should be forever all the great things going on how do you keep from spiking the ball and doing your touchdown dance because yeah. it's not quite time for that yet. you know the, the one thing about sport is you're always remind because you're winning and losing so you're always reminding that hey someone is always trying to beat you and um and so and i i think that I think that we know that. Um, I think we know the journey that we've been on. We know that it's important for us to keep investing and keep focusing, or else, you know, we're going to get passed up. And so, so we're going to keep our eye on the ball and keep trying to grow it and keep trying to get better, and certainly not fall asleep at the switch. Um, we're going to be continue to be aggressive. All right. Well, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, it's been a great event so far, and uh, we look forward to seeing how these football races out i know you will yeah no it's gonna be great i love football season so i'm really excited appreciate it thank you very much thank you thank you sunbelt conference commissioner keith gill appreciate his time and you know i think the point that stuck out to me is just hearing dr maggard here and there talk about it the communication that the ad's had especially during the pandemic i think was very important and he kind of reiterated that uh commissioner gill did And, and they obviously have great teamwork because they made some incredible decisions. They re- they really did. I I don't I don't really know. He said the I just think the softball example that I gave is very interesting because you have two teams that are two of the furthest separated geographically, uh, James Madison and the Cajuns, and yet they're the, on paper the premier softball programs in the country. So I think. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of do football differently than you do the scheduling for the other sports, but I think that's going to be a, a challenge they're going to have to, to be able to do that. And so um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how, how that plays out. But, no, I, look, it's, it's incredible what this league has done. And you heard hearing all – hear the coaches every once in a while we're sitting there in a break and i can hear what a what a head football coach is saying talking to one of the other radio stations here on radio row and um they they all just talk about it's just perfect like with james madison it went marshaled you know they you, you got programs with tradition you got programs with money you got programs that have had they, they, they've proven they know how to win, and, and they have uh, well-rounded athletic programs. And so um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's worked out perfect. And yet, um, you know, like, like Commissioner Gill said, there's always a little more work that you have to do. So it'll be uh, very interesting to see how it plays out in the future. All right, we have take one more time out, and we'll come back, finish out today's show. Again, want to remind you.
our sponsors, those helping to make Sunbelt Conference Media Day possible, our two-day coverage here, which will continue uh, with Miguez and Mesh. Crunch time next in this afternoon, but largely responsible for that are Next Home Cutting Edge Realty. They will start you on your path to owning your next home. And the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. Again, we'll take one more time out, come back, finish out today's show from the Sheridan Hotel, downtown New Orleans, Sunbelt Conference Media Day on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 27th, 1992. The Houston Astros begin a 26-game road trip to help make room inside the Astrodome for the Republican National Convention. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Astros will play a day game today, 237, trying to salvage one of three games against those pesky Oakland A's who have played very well lately. And the Cajuns have really, I mean, the Astros just haven't had an answer for haven't been able to get out. And, again, some of these guys, Sean Murphy, uh, Chad Pinder, it's not the first time that the Cajuns have had trouble getting those guys. Every time Chad Pinder gets up, I got too many bad memories of that guy getting hit. So I never feel real comfortable, but that game could be heard this afternoon. 237 first pitch on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. We haven't talked about the Saints. Uh, because, you know, we do it at Sunbelt Conference Media Day. We've done a lot of interviews, a lot of analysis of what's going on in the Sunbelt Conference like we should, uh, which is why we're in New Orleans. But the Saints did sign running back Malcolm Brown yesterday. So, Carlos size would not have been, you know, my, the fir- my first or second choice for um, pick. But, again, veteran. Got some playoff experience. Um, you know, is... At times, had to have been leaned on in injury situations, but it's primarily been a backup. So, again, like we said earlier, at some point you just have to trust that, that they like his combination of being able to block when he's asked to block, run when he's asked to run, and catch when he's asked to catch. And so we'll see how that plays out. Doesn't, you know, again, as I've been saying, really since last spring, not real picky. But you got to have it. And Coach Des talked about it uh, in the first hour. That, And the Cajuns have believed for quite a while now, you have to have a, um, a balance in running attack. He brought up Elijah Mitchell. No, Elijah McGuire's senior season. And I remember saying there, Elijah McGuire, the Cajuns turned him into a dump truck. He, 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 was, a, he was an elite special, unique athlete at the running back position. 
And in his final season, he had to carry the workload so much, he turned into what I call a dump truck. And I I, I just have been against the Saints doing that with, with, with 41 to 28 from the beginning. And I think it's very important that they have as many options as running back as possible. And so we'll see how the Malcolm Brown signing works out. And, you know, who knows? He might not even make the team. I mean, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But like having options, um, they, you know, they've got Abram Smith potentially an option. They've got uh, Superman potentially an option. And so we'll you need as many options, in my opinion, as you can. All right, that will do it for footnotes coverage here at Sunbelt Conference Media Day. Remember more Sunbelt Conference coverage with Crunch Time this afternoon. Y'all have a nice day.